WATD presents The People's Truth, a show dedicated to bringing communities together and keeping the truth alive. Join us each week as we shine the light of justice on topics, people, and local businesses that highlight the real people's truth. Here is your host, Benny Rabbi. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday night, and it's 9 o'clock, so you know what time it is. It's time for The People's Truth here on 95.9 FM WATD. Benny Rabbi, your host, here with you tonight. Man, what a show do we have in store for you, folks. It's going to be one for the history books, and I know we're only on episode 5, but thank you for paying attention. Thank you for staying tuned with us. And I promise this is going to be another one of those shows that you're just going to want to hit on repeat, repeat on Spotify over and over again. Speaking of which, you can get this show on Spotify and all major streaming platforms under The People's Truth 33. You can search that and find it just about anywhere. You can also get it right off Podbean. So without further ado, let me get right into it and introduce our guest Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Massachusetts native, Katie Gay, joins us here on behalf of women's hockey. And we're so happy to have you, Katie. Thank you for joining the program. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So a large conversation do we have in store tonight. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a fun, upbeat one. But we want to really further women's hockey tonight. That is really what we're talking about. And we've touched on it this show. We've had some great ideas come up on how we can get this more involved in the mainstream view of major league sports and how to start seeing it just as often. So we're really looking forward to hearing your opinion. But let's start from the top. For those who don't know you and don't realize the gravity of this interview here today. I know you're humble and we appreciate that, but tell the world about you. Who is Katie Gay? Well, now I'm a hockey referee, so I'm sure all the fans out there are going to be clapping for me as they always do when I'm on the ice. (laughs) Um, You know, it's it's been a great way to stay involved in the game. I played college hockey at Brown University and after that, you know, my playing days were over and I was ready to hang them up and officiating was just another way to stay involved in the game. And so I've been officiating for the last 15 years at all different levels and it's just been an enjoyable way to stay on the ice, be part of the game and see the action from a front row seat. That's awesome. Now, your early playing days, you were kind of one of the pioneers of the game as far as women's high school hockey. So tell us a little bit about your experience and and what town and high school did you play for? I grew up in Western Mass, Westfield, just past Springfield, and I played youth hockey all the way through eighth grade and then jumped to Westfield High's team. And at the time, I was the only girl on the team and had been used to that. I played with the boys all the way through and was the only girl on my team all the way all the way through since I was a mite and uh, most often times was the only girl in the league as well so I was used to playing with the boys um, obviously you know checking is a big part of the game when you get to the upper level so that was uh, something that I grew with as I as I got older and then eventually um, after a year of playing boys hockey I realized that I did want to pursue college hockey and so I switched over to the girls side so I in 10th grade transferred to Deerfield Academy and was able to play with the girls. 
Now, the early days, there really was nobody before you there. So did they have to make special accommodations or was everybody at least welcoming to the idea of having you on? Obviously, your talent spoke for itself and uh, hopefully nobody else gave you the old razzle dazzle along the way. Yeah, I was uh, one of the one of the boys at the time. You know, I was just another player on the roster all the way through. I grew up playing with all the the same kids in town. So for them, I think they were really accepting of having me on the team, and you know, it was a, a great experience. You know, once uh, the adolescent era uh, came upon us, then my locker room shifted from being with all all the whole team of boys to. Usually it was the woman's bathroom, which that was that was a tough time, certainly, you know, having to be uh, getting dressed as moms are coming in and my bag was usually under the sinks. And so they were kind of trying to step around me as I was getting dressed and they're they trying to do their thing in the bathroom. So that was a little challenging and just not being part of the team. Um, I think for those of us that have played team sports, being in the locker room is such a huge dynamic and part of the sport itself. I know for so many of us that have played sports for many years, memories that we carry with us forever are usually things that happen outside of the playing field or the ice and or the court. Um, you know, it's all those memories that you build outside of the actual game itself that you care you typically carry with you. So I was missing out on those activities, which was a bit of a bummer. Um, I do remember in high school for initiation in ninth grade, um, I, I luckily was able to avoid what was happening in the back of the bus as I was, my seat ended up being, uh, my assigned seat was kind of the, the third seat in from the front, which was right behind the coaches and somehow I was able to escape that. So I think that was the one plus side. <laughs> um, but you know, being part of a team, there's so many things that go into it. And obviously locker room dynamic, bus at, uh, activities are, are certainly a huge part of it. And everybody's different. Certainly, you you sound like you were the type that wanted to be included thoroughly. And, and there are definitely people, I'm sure they had the opposite experience where it's like, oh man, I really just want to be left alone here. Let me, I'll join you guys on the ice and that'll be that. All right. How about that? But I'm glad it worked out for you. And I'm glad that uh, positive memories were made, especially the high school experience, such a pivotal time for anyone's life in sports, academics, and just in general, uh, just a very difficult time in one's life. So uh, good on you for getting through that with the style and the grace that you did. Uh, now, moving on into your, your college days, tell me about that. I know you had quite a run and uh, ended up being captain as well for quite a bit. So tell us about that. I had a great four years down in Providence, played for the Brown Bears for four years. My freshman year, we had an unbelievable season. We went into the second semester over Christmas break, 500 and somehow we turned it around and ended up going on an 18-1-1 run all the way to the NCAA Finals, which that year hosted up at the University of New Hampshire. So we uh, we were number four going into the tournament. Back then, women's hockey was a lot smaller at the college level, so the, the NCAA tournament was only four teams. So we were number four. We um, ended up winning the ECAC tournament, which got us an auto bid into the tournament. And we were the underdogs going in and we took on Minnesota Gophers and we were able to upset them in the semifinals and and then couldn't quite overtake Minnesota Duluth in the finals. Uh, certainly, you know, we uh, it was a close game. I think a one goal game. So we, we battled hard and, and to be there was certainly an honor. Um, and that was the highlight of my career, my college career. And from there, you know, we had some... Uh, 
respectful seasons after that. I was able to be assistant captain my junior year and, and captain my senior year. And just four unbelievable years to be able to play a college sport and make some great friends and have some incredible experiences during those pivotal years was an amazing experience and something I'm certainly grateful of having. I got to ask you, of all the, the, the line mates, the friends through high school and college, how many of them have you still kept in touch with just because of the memories? Quite a few, quite a few. I think with social media these days, it makes it a lot easier to reconnect with people that you've gone, you know, in different directions. Uh, having gone to school at Deerfield, it was 45 minutes from my home, but certainly I was friends with kids from around the globe. Uh, same thing down at Brown. So, you know, everyone eventually goes on their own path. So social media has just been a great way to reconnect and, and connect and stay connected with friends that I've made along the way. Absolutely. So college is done. You've done it all. You've been there. What happened next? How did you get into officiating? And and how long did it take you after completing college before you decided, hey, this is what I want to get back into or this is what I want to do? Did you take some time in between? I did. And I kind of fell into officiating. um, But really, it came down to just missing being in the ranks. So I started hockey at age six. And before that, I have an older brother and sister that played, so I was dragged to their practices and games. And so I'd been in the rinks for quite a long time and then finished college and my playing days were over. At the time, there were no professional opportunities on the women's side. Um, so I joined a rec level senior uh, adult league, a women's league, and I jumped on board to my first full-time career. And so I was um, traveling quite a bit for work. I was an auditor at BJ's Wholesale Club. So I was traveling Monday through Friday down the East Coast. And Sundays I was playing in a women's league. And it was the first time that I actually had to dig into my own pockets to pay my way to play, which was a little eye-opening in itself. And so I was back then living at home. I went home to save some money with my parents out in Western Mass. And I was playing hockey all over the state. And so I was driving an hour plus to play a 36 minute women's adult game. And that was the time back in 05, 06, when gas prices first spiked to $4 a gallon. And here I was paying to play in the league and paying for my own skate sharpenings and then also paying for gas to play a 36 minute game. And I said, oh gosh, this is, you know, I love the game and I want to be part of it, but it's getting a little expensive. Uh, Something that my parents had taken on all those years, which I'm so grateful for. Um, And I said, you know, maybe if I were to just ref a couple games before or after I play, you know, I could at least make it a wash. And so that's what I did. And I started, I got certified, got my patch and and traded in there picked up a whistle um and uh a black helmet and black pants and in the jersey and i jumped out there having no idea what to do or, or or where to stand um but that's something that i was able to pick up pretty quickly i was able to find some mentors who really really taught me everything i needed to know about about the position and um so that's how i really got into it and it was a uh, something i never imagined the path that the the stripes would take me to but it's really my skates have now been my passport to the globe it must have been such a strange feeling and perspective first of all trading in the stick for the whistle is just got to be a strange experience no matter who you are and then secondly to step on that ice for the first time without the equipment without the stick and you look around and go huh none of this feels normal yet (laughs) that must have been quite an experience (laughs) Totally. And if you ask any of my former teammates or coaches, they just 
find it hilarious that I got into officiating because I certainly had my fair share of penalties, uh, including in the Frozen Four up at University of New Hampshire my freshman year. I uh, had a nice, nice, solid open ice hit, and in women's hockey, there's no, there's no hitting. So uh, that that was a nice. Um, play that made the next year's highlight reel of, uh, for the NCAA officials on what constitutes a, a body check. So, <laughs> so I made the, uh, the video, uh, <laughs> which a few years later I was watching. So certainly, you know, it's, uh, I don't, uh, you know, uh, I guess I subconsciously, uh, knew what a penalty was since I was getting my fair share, but as a player, um, you know, we don't really pay attention to the officials out there except for when they blow the whistle and it's against your team. Um, we don't really pay attention to the position and procedures. Um, so that was something I had to learn from scratch. Um, and you know, now I, I also had the opportunity to do some coaching. I was an assistant coach for eight years at Noble and Greeno school in Dedham mass and you know i think there are three lenses well four lenses uh as for for the game so you have that as a player you have that as a spectator that of a coach and that of a referee and so i always encourage players and coaches to try officiating just to get a different perspective of the game because i think really when you're able to experience the game from all four of those lenses, you're able to increase your, your hockey IQ and just to understand perspectives of the game. Uh, a couple of years ago, I suited up as a goalie in a, in a women's game, and it was the first time I'd really played goalie in a game setting. I had done it in college and practices and just for fun, but just to see that game from that perspective, I think is so eye-opening you know for defensemen for forwards just to see the angles that a goalie is able to see and in sight lines so i think that's helpful for everyone to play different positions but also for for people to try different parts of the game um you know for for players that are older to get out there and jump with little kids on the ice and coach i think that can make you a better player to to see that perspective on how how a little kid or or a person new to the game how they first start skating and, and how to stop. And if you can break down the, you know, how to take a wrist shot, how to take a snapshot, a slap shot, if you can break that down and explain it to somebody, I think it will help you as you develop your own game. Um, and then same thing for, for officiating. I think for coaches, I think it's really critical that coaches try officiating just to see perspectives of the game. Um, fans, I, I love it when I'm doing youth games and fans are out there yelling because let me tell you, I'm the best referee from the stands. Uh, but when you get on the ice, it's a whole different game. The sight lines are different. You're looking through players. Um, sometimes you literally are just blocked out. Um, so there's so many different uh you know viewpoints of the game and i encourage people to to try different ones for for parents that never play that have their kids playing now try to join a intro league uh, you know just to see what your kid is going through when they're out there playing the game because the different perspectives certainly make you a well-rounded hockey supporter and fan absolutely well said katie we are coming up on our first commercial break of the evening can you stay with us for another segment Absolutely. Katie Gay, there she is, and she's going to stay and join us, as she just said, here on The People's Truth, 95.9 FM WATD. Do not touch that dial. We'll be right back. Are you a veteran or about to become one? Do you have a family member or a friend who is a veteran? 
I'm Greg Brasso, host of Veterans Voice Radio here on 95.9 WATD. The show is dedicated to helping veterans and active members of the military learn about and apply for benefits and programs they have qualified for and certainly earned. Brought to you in part by U.S. Family Health Plan, Brennan's Smoke Shop, and Sullivan Tire. Join Veterans Voice Radio this Thursday from 7 to 8 here at 95.9 WATD. Welcome back. People's Truth here on 95.9 FM WATD. We are live here in the studio. We have Katie Gay joining us, telling us about her path through hockey and what it's done for her and where the game is going and how we can help get more young ones involved and how maybe you can change your perspective on the game and get involved in a way that you never even thought. Katie, welcome back and thank you for staying with us. Of course. Now, we were talking about perspective of the game before we went to our break, and I'd like to expand on that a bit more. Tell me about, the, truly, that first game or the first time where you took the ice as the official and you said, all right, where do I stand? Where did you go from there? You said you had some mentors that really helped show you the way, and just I'm really interested to hear your side of that. I had a bunch of first experiences, and luckily um, I had some great fellow officials that provided me with so much guidance. Um, one of the first early games I did was a women's senior adult league game. And honestly, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure where to stand in the corners. Um, that system is a two official system. So we each kind of take half the ice and all I knew is how to get out of the way, uh, which is, which is a huge part of it. You know, that's certainly a uh, number one priority is our safety. Um, but as far as positioning and, and how close to stand to the net and where to stand near and off sides play at the blue line, um, that was just completely all new to me. And so I literally just tried to soak up as much as I could from each person I worked with and asked a lot of questions and tried to follow people, um, you know, watching their, their positioning on the ice. And I just uh, was a sponge out there. The more games I did and the more games I watched, I realized that I actually was watching the game from a different perspective. When I would go to Bruins games, I found that I was watching the officials more than I was watching the full play in the full game, um, just to kind of see how they were watching the game through their lenses um, and where they were standing and where they were moving to open space and how they were anticipating certain plays. So, you know, it's just a fun, different way to be part of the game. Uh, you know, when, when there's a scrum at the net, you're literally out there in the action, um, trying to find that puck, making sure there's nothing happening um, outside the lines of the rule book. And, and really, it's just a fun way to be part of it. Now, the whole process of uh, becoming a ref, earning that patch, how long did that take you? And was there anything that you didn't expect to be a part of it pop up that you said, wow, that actually kind of surprises me, but I'm all about it? USA Hockey is a really good development program. So as far as actually getting that patch and being able to get on the ice as an official certified referee, it, it takes uh, a one-day course where you go in person and you're in the classroom for half the day and you're on ice for half the day and then there's some modules online and the safe sport part um, so the online stuff now they're trying to expand that to really provide resources for people that are just getting going so that's a little more cumbersome I think that takes about six to ten hours online in addition to the class so you know, after a couple of days of uh, putting in the effort and, and really trying to learn the position, uh, you get that patch in the mail and then you're ready to go. 
That's awesome. And I, I know a few individuals that have taken up the stripes and traded in the stick, as we were saying, and it's been a very rewarding experience for them. Uh, obviously, there are some territories that come with refing that not everybody is always going to be your biggest fan. Have you had anything stand out to you that really made you be like, wow, that person should be embarrassed for themselves? <laughs> you know, I do mostly college games, but a lot of youth and with college is uh, all not participating this year. I've been doing a lot more youth than I usually do. And, you know, there's some excited parents out there for sure. Um, adrenaline's flowing up in the stands at, at games of all levels. And, and that's one thing that's, you know, fun about it is you never know uh, whether you're at a mic game or college game or at the Olympics, you know, what the, what the game's going to bring. And so there's a whole mental side of the game that you just need to be mentally prepared for because uh, you just, you never know. Like we're out there, you know, a perfect game is when we're not noticed. Um, and as officials, we're out there reacting to the actions of the players. And so for us, you know, we're just out there making sure that the game is played fairly. Um, and so when players seem to step a little bit outside the boundaries, that's when we have to kind of step in and, and do our job. Um, and sometimes fans don't quite, quite like that when it goes against their team. And so, um, you know, there's a, certainly Saturday mornings at, at any any given rink in New England or across the, the country, I should say. There's some excited parents out there. Um, and we just want to make sure the kids are having fun because at the end of the day, you know, it's a, it's a game. Uh, and I enjoy every time I step on the ice. I do it for fun, for entertainment. Uh, you know, I, I like the people I work with. Um, officiating has has just provided me with so much more than I ever thought when I first first got that whistle. Um, and so it's been a fun ride and and uh, you know that fans sometimes uh, bring a little more enjoyment to it. I could not agree more. Uh, someday we will get back to the fans in the stands and feel like we're at a real hockey game one more time maybe in our lifetimes. Um, but you know I'm glad you touched on it. You did officiate the Olympics, and yeah, you got to tell us about it. That must have been such an adventure from start to finish. It was. Uh, I, you know, being, I actually dropped the opening puck at the Pyeongchang 2018 Olympics, and so to be there was, I had to pinch myself so many times. It, it literally was a dream come true. When I first got into officiating, I found a mentor in Julie Piacentini, who grew up in Hyde Park. She went to Northeastern, played there, and got into officiating uh, after she played college. And so she was my mentor, my role model, and I really wanted to continue, um, you know, on where she had gone. And so she went to the 2 and 06 Olympics and also was the first female to officiate an NCAA Division One women's game. And so those were the goals that I set forth for myself. And she really guided me and helped me get there. Um, so in addition to getting certified through USA Hockey, they have a couple development camps in the summer. So um, the first one I went to was out in Rochester, New York, and it was a week-long camp piggybacked on the youth national development camps for the players. So I think it was the 14, 15, 16 age group for the girls. There's a referee camp in conjunction with that camp. And so they kind of run us through the ringer uh, in a lot of classroom video work. We do on ice work. They uh, evaluate us at each of those games, a lot of off ice conditioning, um, mental 
preparation. And so that was a really good experience. Um, and then I did another camp at Lake Placid a couple of years after that. And then I was certified for IHF, which is the International Ice Hockey Federation, which then allowed me the opportunity to be selected for world championships. And so back in, I think it was 2010, I did my first world championships out in France. Um, and so that was just such an unbelievable experience to be able to officiate countries across the, the globe and work with fellow officials from across the globe where where language can be a barrier. Um, I'm pretty fortunate that English is the language that's used. And so other officials were all evaluated um, at the end of each game, but also at the end of each world championship tournament. And so other officials are uh, evaluated on their language skills as well. So the ability to speak English is a criteria in order for officials to advance uh, to higher levels of international hockey. So that's uh, one thing I felt fortunate for. And but it was just amazing working with European officials that speak, you know, six languages, and and they can really communicate with the benches um, and you know work the game that way. But. Yeah, that, that, that experience of, of going over to France and, you know, being able to officiate in another country really opened my eyes and set the bar higher of, of that ultimate goal of working at the Olympics. And so getting there was about an eight-year journey. Um, so I was able to do an international tournament each of those years. Um, also had some fitness testing. The IHF a couple summers put on testing camps in Switzerland. So I got to go out there to do some off-ice on ice testing, which was pretty rigorous and grueling, but also, you know, forced me to get in the gym and be prepared and, and work hard to get there. Um, just like anything, as you work your way up the ladder, the, the pool gets narrower and narrower. And so um, that level of separation shrink, shrinks quite a bit. And so, you know, in order to differentiate yourself, you really have to work hard and improve yourself. And so those off ice camps were, were an opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Well, we talk about proving oneself, and my goodness, Kay, just listening to your story, I think you've more than proven that you belong in the history books where we're talking about you right now. And it's just its an actual honor to have you here on the show right now. Thank you again so much for joining us on The People's Truth here on WATD and uh, sharing these experiences and these memories with us. Uh, obviously, here in the South Shore, we're a hockey hotbed and uh, it must be so good for someone like yourself who, who saw the very beginning of this whole thing unfold for yourself to see now that girls hockey in the high school and the youth levels is so much more prevalent than it used to be. And that's, I mean, it warms my heart and hopefully it does the same for you. Definitely. And it's an honor to be here. Um, I've seen the growth of women's hockey just explode. Um, I, I was in high school in the 98 Olympics happen and so that was the first year of women's hockey in the olympics and just to see where the game has gone from then is just incredible um to see so many high school girls high school hockey teams just blows my mind um i i've been officiating in that mia for the last decade and you know every year it just seems like there's more and more teams and there's co-ops which i really appreciate the co-op program it's amazing to see a couple towns come together to be able to form a team and then eventually as the numbers grow they break off and, and form their own and it's just amazing to see people come together and really support women's ho girls hockey um obviously for those that are involved in it we all think it's a great game and, and you know and to get others 
introduced to the game and involved in it is just amazing to see. And, you know, the growth has just been incredible. Absolutely. Uh, as we all saw in the news recently, Kendall Coyne got hired by the uh, Chicago Blackhawks to be de- player development. She's in charge of the whole program and obviously another first in history. And I got to believe, and you know, we've been saying it for a few years around the local circuits here in Boston, but women's hockey and women's sports, it's the next big thing. And I don't know what's taken so long for all the other major uh, decision makers that need to see this to see it, but it's getting pretty obvious now. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, for sure. And Kendall's an awesome person. I, I officiated a lot of her games at Northeastern. She was definitely one of the one of my favorite players to watch out there. She, I mean, you you see her size out there, and she just grinds and battles and works so hard. And we all saw her a couple of years ago at the NHL All Star event where she competed in the fastest skater, and she's just certainly a, a great role model for all of us. So yeah, excited for her and to see. You know, I, I certainly think others will follow follow that path and great to see more females have the opportunity to make careers out of the game we all love absolutely and and we're not going to be shy and bashful about it i'll be the first one to say it if nobody else has i have seen my share of hockey games both professional amateur recreational youth league you name it we've been around it and i gotta tell you i would nominate a lot of girls games to be game of the year quality over a lot of the boys games and no offense to the boys you know the spotlight is what it is but man i've seen some of you ladies out there vicious is the word that comes to mind and that's exactly what the spirit of hockey is all about is that that teamwork that tenacity that never give up never quit spirit and i'm just so happy to see that it's translated into the lives of the players and the coaches and the the people who are around the game and uh, uh, the uh, nwhl general manager was quoted recently as saying is we're not going anywhere and that's exactly the kind of attitude I think is going to carry the sport into the future. Certainly. There's just so many opportunities now. Um, you know, there's so many college scholarships that are out there. Um, you know, the professional leagues. I know there's the NWHL, which has been around. I think this is its sixth year now, sixth or seventh, and the PWHPA. And if we could just find a way to bring the two together, that would just be huge for professional women's hockey. Um, there's so many, you know, college levels. We have Division One, Division Three. Club hockey is getting huge on the women's side now, and then so many various levels at, at high school. So it's just amazing to see the growth of the game, the amount of kids that are playing. I recently was out in Springfield area with a friend's little kid doing learn to skate, and I was blown away that it was 50-50 girls boys. Um, I did learn to skate when I was a kid and I, you know, could maybe count a couple other girls on my hand. So just amazing to see the amount of girls that are trying the game and, you know, once they're, once they're in it and, and love it now to see how many opportunities are out there within the game. What would you suggest if folks are interested in continuing their careers on ice as a female official, for example, what would be the best way for you to suggest for them to start looking into it and drawing those first few clicks on the mouse or, or however they need to to get that process started? 
Yeah, the number of officials across the board, I think in all sports, you know, they're looking for more officials. Um, like you said earlier, sometimes we have to handle a little more from the crowd than we'd like, but, you know, it's just a fun opportunity to be involved in the game. We call ourselves a third team on the ice, and you really form friendships and, and bonds with those that you work with. Um, and there's so many different levels to work with. Work. Um, you have youth hockey, which there's a ton of youth hockey in, in Massachusetts these days at all levels. Um, you have high school hockey, you have college hockey, IHF, professional hockey. Um, you start by going to usahockey.com and, and getting certified there. And from there, um, you know, you, you find an assigner that is willing to give you games at the level that you're, you're ready for, which is usually pretty low. You know, might scores get out there figure out how to blow that whistle. Um, and then you work your way up, find mentors. I think finding a mentor is huge. Someone that you can ask questions to. I feel like I made thousands of mistakes and you know, you know, we all make mistakes out there. Um, but I had people that I could ask uh, how to get better. Um, I think, you know, my, my biggest thing when I first started is I had a notebook and I would try to write one thing I can improve on from that game and my hope was that if I didn't make the same mistake twice I could get better um and so you know as you grow and and you know situations come up over the course of a hockey game that you may not have ever seen before but being able to talk to other people in the locker room people with experience is how you understand how to handle those various situations that don't come up as regularly as an icing and on offsides um so just ask a lot of questions, be a sponge, and have fun out there. It's a game, and we're the third team on the ice. Um, every hockey game you've ever seen has an official out there. Um, if there's no officials, there's no game. And so that's another pitch for people that have ever thought of trying it out. I, I really suggest parents, fans, coaches, players, uh, give it a shot. You know, there's um, just another – it's another – perspective of the game and a great way to stay involved in the game because unfortunately everyone's playing days will eventually come to an end but officiating you can just carry on for a long time well we all got a gordy house somehow right that's right <laughs> all right well we are coming up on our uh, mid uh, midpoint break here uh want to stay with us for one more segment we got a couple last questions to fire off at you and then we'll let you ride off into the night sounds great Awesome. All right, folks, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Coming up with Katie Gay here on The People's Truth, 95.9 FM WATD. People's Truth here on WATD. We're speaking with the one, the only, Katie Gay, Massachusetts native and women's hockey legend. I know she doesn't want me to say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. She's humble about it, folks, don't you worry. Katie, thank you again for joining us tonight. It's been such an eye-opening experience having you here. Yeah, it's been fun to be here. Anytime I have the chance to talk about officiating and hopefully get a few others to consider pursuing it is a good day. 
Absolutely. We've often talked about the shortage of officials in sports in general. And uh, I just think it was great that you mentioned, folks, if you've never thought of it and you've got some time on your hands, there are plenty of games to go around. And in most cases, you don't, I hate to say it like this, but you don't have to usually, if it's not hockey related, you don't have to know too much about it. They'll show you what they want you to know. You just got to show up and they'll even pay you. It's amazing. I'm telling you. Yeah, the Um, parents will tell you everything you don't know. So you're good. Right? There it is. There it is. (laughs) All right, Katie. So tell us, you got to have plenty of friends and contacts still playing in the league. Maybe they're at an admin level or fellow officials, but let's give some shout outs. You know, who's making it happen out there and who's caught your eye as far as, hey, man, they really know what they're doing out there. Yeah, a few of my fellow college teammates are are coaching so it's great to see cassie turner's the women's coach down at quinnipiac so it's awesome to see her down there doing well um you know it's great to see so many former players find opportunities within the game to stay involved um you know haley moore has been really involved in nbhl um now she's with the boston pride and um just continuously impacting the game and you know helping continue to grow because uh, when we were in college you know since then the game has grown so much so it's amazing to see these former players staying involved and helping others to follow their dreams so tell us some of the craziest places that you have ever gotten to officiate you definitely touched the ice at gillette i did yeah so i was fortunate to uh get it there at gillette uh i was out there at fenway the first year 2010 the first year they threw ice down there Lucky. For the they piggyback some a few college games there so to be out there you know on the ice during uh middle winter uh at Fenway Park is certainly a special scene for sure um and then I I, you know the garden I've had the chance a few times to be out there garden for an MIA state uh tournament game as well as I did the men's bean pot last year uh, at the garden so that was fun I I went to Madison Square Garden to do a men's division one college game a couple years ago actually around this time I think it was the Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving so certainly have been to a lot of rinks uh, across the country and, and also across the globe I had a chance to do a women's U18 tournament in Budapest Hungary a few years back um and then Obviously, being out there on the Olympic ice in Pyeongchang in 2018 was certainly very special. That's amazing. And hopefully that whole experience is just one that will stay with you forever and ever. Because uh, I got to tell you, just from a TV standpoint, the, the visuals from that whole thing were overwhelming. I can't imagine living within the confines of that bubble that they basically had. We, as officials, don't have the opportunity to march in the opening uh, ceremonies, but we were right there in the stands. And to be there and see the show from right from a seat inside the stadium was really, really unique. Any other shout-outs you'd like to give? Any honorable mentions to those out there and maybe some fans listening at home? Yeah, I'd love to give Paul Stewart a little shout-out. Uh, he was inducted in the USA Hockey Hall of Fame a few years ago. He was a longtime NHL referee and, and most recently the ECAC Division One men's and women's assigner of officials. And he certainly, I think, has paved the path for so many up-and-coming female officials uh, in giving me the chance to officiate Division One men's college hockey. Uh, certainly having been the first to do so uh, wouldn't have happened without his nod. And so 
Um, he encouraged me a few years back prior to, to my first game um, to try to do more games on the boys' side. So I did a ton of boys' high school, prep school, hockey, in preparation of getting to that next level. And when he thought I was ready to jump on the ice for a D1 game, I made made my move for the for the first time out at Union College and just to have the confidence that, you know, he had in me and certainly gave myself more confidence in, in my own game. Um, and, you know, I think the question has been coming for a while now, when we'll see the first female official in the NHL, because you see it in the NFL and the NBA. And I think, you know, I think it's not too far off, but obviously, you know, we need more people like Paul Stewart that have the confidence in females to get the job done. And certainly I think there, there is a female out there that's currently skating that, you know, will be the first. And it's just a matter of, uh, when and, and who. So uh, I encourage all those kids that, um, you know, have ever thought about officiating and to try it because the NHL is starting to show more interest. Uh, there were a handful of us at the NHL officiating combine last summer. Um, and from there, they took a few of us to do the prospects tournament. So Kelly Cook went down to Nashville, Kendall Hanley went out to Detroit, and I went out to Anaheim, California. So that was also adding to the special ranks I've been on. Uh, I never thought I'd be officiating out in Orange County. And so uh, to be out there to officiate the NHL prospect tournament was certainly another highlight of my career. And, and certainly, um, you know, I think there, there are more opportunities for, for all of us. So give it a shot and you never know, you know, what picking up the whistle for the first time where it will take you. So have fun with it. Enjoy, enjoy the opportunities that, you know, you make along the way and the people will certainly uh, make it so fun for you. That's awesome. And we barely even touched on that with all the awesome things we had to talk about tonight. We didn't even really get to talk about the NHL prospect tournament. Uh, I'm curious to know where do we stand in there? Where, when the last time that they addressed you ladies, where did they leave off? Obviously, COVID probably put a huge roadblock and a bunch of different avenues on that. But obviously, you yourself and the ladies you mentioned are on the short list. So uh, what was the last thing they said to you about that? Yeah, there was no officiating combine this year which was a huge bummer because they've had it for the last handful of years the nhl is really trying to develop more former players and get more people to try officiating and that's their platform for it so they're now bringing in females which is a great opportunity to see what their the league's officials go through in their preseason training and they put us kind of through the ringer similar to their own officials so Hopefully uh, this next summer they'll have it again and, and, you know, we can attend next year. Um, But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully we can see hockey on TV soon. I think that's the next step. And then we'll see where, where, where they take us. Oh, wouldn't that be something? I would love for them to take us back to hockey. That would be great. But you know what? I guess safety, health, and the world and society all comes first. <laughs> what can we do? We just sit back, have fun, break as many rules as we can, and shatter all the barriers in between. Katie, I want to thank you so much for your time once again for joining us here on the show. Here on 95.9 FM, Windy, W-A-T-D. Benny Rabbi here in studio with you, breaking all the rules and keeping radio live, local and fresh. Ain't no callers in here telling us what to do, telling me not to push that button. Probably shouldn't push that button while we're on it. But you know, that's okay because live radio and that's what we're doing, folks. We have fun. Thank you again to Katie Gay who's joined us on the program. Just an overall wonderful, wonderful person. Tune in next week, 9 o'clock, same time, same bat channel. 
Sam Benny, Sam Rabbi, we'll be here with you. Reach out to us, Excited Sound Studios or the People's Truth 33 at gmail.com. Either way, reach on out. Have some fun. We're going to have all kinds of things happening. Who knows? Maybe we'll even have non-political debates. I know that sounds fun. Peanut butter, smooth or crunchy? Bailiff, remove this man. Folks, stay tuned. Americana Rama coming up next here on 95.9 FM WATD. Benny Rabbi, thank you for listening. Have a great night. Keep it real. Stay safe. And remember, the truth will always stay true. Have a good night, everybody.